privilege this last week to go to our district conference of the United Pentecostal Church International. While we were there, we interviewed and were approved to become ordained ministers within the UPCI. Uh, basically, what that means, there's three levels of licensing, local, general, ordination. Most ministers have a local or a general. The ordination is usually meant for those who have proven themselves for extended period of time. It's often used for elders or bishops, things like that. Now, I assure you, I'm not in age an elder, and I'm not uh, confused about that. But uh, we were recognized this week by the organization as having many years now, 11 years I've had my general, all in all, I've had my minister's license for 24 years. I know I look young, right? You can't even believe it. Hallelujah. Um, oh, not 24 years. I'm, I'm mistaking that. 14 years I've had a minister's license. Uh, 14 years. That's a drastic change, I know. Math is hard, okay. Um, but 14 years we've had our minister's license and God's been blessed. So they had a special ceremony for us on Friday morning. They presented us with this towel here and also a special Bible uh, which has aimed in it, every person who was involved. I even got the uh, preacher of the conference to sign it for me. I got the preacher of the service that they ordained us in to sign it for me. I know I might be, you know, a kid, but hey, you, you chased down that musician who didn't know your name to get an autograph. I think it's all right for me to get an autograph for some preachers who have ministered into my life. But I just wanted to show that to you. The, the towel is very special. It represents that although we may be taking a next step in our ministry, we may be uh, advancing in the kingdom of God, we are still called to be servants of the Lord. So I assure you today, more than ever before, I am a servant unto you. Hallelujah. And I'm not telling you this for recognition or anything like that. I do think that it's an exciting thing. We should rejoice in what the Lord is doing. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. So you can just call me Bishop Mehem. No, I'm just kidding. Hallelujah. Praise God. But I'm, I'm uh, uh, more than ever before a servant. And more than ever before, I'm excited about what the Lord is doing at Higher Purpose Pentecostal Church. Amen. It is an honor and a privilege to have our guests with us. God bless you. Wonderful to have you here and uh, joining with you. We're, did you reach out to us online? Yes, well, wonderful. I did get your emails, and it's wonderful to have you here. I know you're either Lisa or Lisa. Which one is it? Lisa, okay. I actually this week got uh, an email from both Lisa and Lisa. So I thought, wow, what a, what a wonderful thing. So it's wonderful to have Lisa here. How about we make her feel welcome with a clap of hands. And it's wonderful to have each and every one of you returning guests, members, all of you joining with us. Uh, Matthew chapter 20 and verse 16. Sister Veronica, did you? Your father? Yeah. Absolutely. Why don't you come down here? Hallelujah. Sister Mian, if you could come here with me. 
Now we're going to pray. Uh, what, what is your father's name? Leonard White. We're going to pray for Mr. White, Veronica's father. She said he has terminal cancer. And we can see that this is bearing heavy on her heart. As a church family, when one of us is in pain, we're all in pain. When one of us needs help, we all need help. And we all have a responsibility today. So how about we take a moment? I want to invite you to pray over Sister Veronica like it is your own father. I'm wondering if I could just get a few ladies to come down here and let's join together with her in the name of Jesus. Lord God, we pray, Lord Lord God, we pray over Sister Veronica that, Lord, you would touch her. But, Lord, she is a conduit to her father. We pray over her as if we were praying over her father right now. And the oil that we have anointed her with, we pray it would be a resemblance of the Spirit of God that falls upon Mr. White. In the name of Jesus, we loosen a healing upon him. In the name of Jesus, we loosen a healing. We curse that cancer to the very root where nothing else could take it away right now. Lord, we pray that you would do surgery within his body and completely eradicate every form of cancer within him. Let this be a witness for them and their family of the hand of God and the miracle working power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. Lord raise him up right now. Raise him up in the name of Jesus. I pray Lord increase of Veronica's faith. Increase her faith right now in Jesus name. I pray Lord God give her that miracle in Jesus name. We claim it Lord. Lord, Lord, you raised Jairus' daughter from the death. Lord Jesus, you can do it to her father. You raised Lazarus from the dead. You can do it to her father. He is not yet in the grave. So there's even greater possibility. And we release that healing and that power upon him in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost is wanting to do something right now. Would you just close your eyes and be sensitive for a moment? In the name of Jesus, yes, Lord. Oh, God, speak, Lord Jesus, to us. Speak to us, Lord.
Halleluja, halleluja, halleluja. Halleluja, halleluja, halleluja. My hope is in you, Lord. My hope is in you, Jesus. My hope is in you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There may be some people may have heard that or have heard us pray over people and say, Pastor, you're offering her or somebody, anybody, false hope. Let me tell you something. Believing in Jesus, it's never false hope. Claiming that healing in the name of Jesus is our right. Come on, say that again. Claiming it in the name of Jesus is our right. We have been called by His name. We have been delivered by His name. Absolutely, we can be healed by His name. Just about three weeks ago, we had several healings in one service. Several who raised their hands and said they had pain when they walked in, but they had no pain after being prayed for. I'm telling you, God can do it for you here today as well. Whatever your need is, take it to the Lord in prayer. Let the Holy Ghost touch you, and He can move in your life. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, let's get to the Word. Matthew chapter 20 and verse 16. Just one passage of Scripture, but it is actually the conclusion of a parable that we're going to talk about today. This is the conclusion, and we'll talk about the parable, but this is the conclusion. So this is where the parable is leading us. It's verse 16. How about we read it together? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many are called, but few chosen. The last first, and the first last. Many are called, but few are chosen. You're called today. You're called today. Hallelujah, you're called today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Ask that he speak to us. Today I just want to preach to the idol. I don't mean idol, I-D-O-L, but idol as an I-D-L-E. To the idol, I want to preach to you today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, I thank you, Jesus, for what you've done already in this service. I thank you for the anointing. God, I believe that in this atmosphere, anything is possible, Lord God. Anything is possible when you come into the room. Anything is possible when the believers have faith, Lord God, and our faith is stirred. So, Lord, I pray today that you would Holy Ghost to be poured out, that you would touch people's hearts, Lord God, that you would move us, Lord Jesus, to a position where we can get closer to you, that we could hear your voice more clearly. I love you, Lord Jesus, and I thank you, God, for what you're about to do in this place. In Jesus' name, we pray. Everybody shout amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Matthew chapter 20, Jesus begins a parable. The next 16 verses 
he explains the parable. He tells this story. Now, we know parables are quite unique. Jesus used parables all of the time in order to communicate truths. Truths specifically about the kingdom of God. And parables are not often uh, easily understood. There may be, in fact, a couple of different conclusions or perspectives of a parable. But at the end of the parable, the conclusion is always the same. As we've already read, the conclusion to this parable is, last shall be first and the first shall be last. Many are called, but few are chosen. That's the conclusion to it. Now let's talk about the parable itself. Jesus starts in Matthew 20 and 1. For the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say the kingdom of heaven. That's this right here. Hallelujah. That's what God's doing right now. We may be confused and say the kingdom of heaven is what's to come. Many of these parables are speaking as to what is to come. But what he's talking about is the kingdom of heaven that's in this place by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. By the Holy Ghost, we've been introduced into the kingdom of heaven. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. Before dawn even broke, when it says early in the morning, what it means is, the sun had not yet peaked in the morning sky. He woke up before the light came out. He prepared himself, got himself together so that he may go and hire laborers to come and work in his vineyard. Now, we may understand this a little bit easier if we maybe changed it up a bit. Imagine somebody who's working in construction. Perhaps they're building their own home. I had an uncle who built uh, a good portion of his home. He added on to his home. He was a construction worker, contractor. He was doing it all himself. Well, he didn't want to do it by himself, though. So he would go out and he'd find laborers to come and help. It wasn't people who were contracted to be with him all day long, it was just people who were available. I went with him a couple of times as just a teenager to go and help him. Uh, I did very little. <laughs> he didn't trust me with a lot. I just kind of carried wood around and held the wood while he cut it or nailed it or, or whatever it may be. Um, but it, it was a help to him. So, so we understand this. You might go down to Home Depot you might find some men out there who just kind of hanging out. They're waiting for somebody to recognize their skill and come and hire them to help them to build, to help them to work. We understand this concept. We see it in our uh, society even today. In that time, it was even more so. If you uh, needed money, you needed uh, work, it was rare that you'd be contracted or you'd be employed like we know it today. You needed work. You would go to the marketplace. You would stand there 
and you would wait until somebody came with a job for you to fill. So 6 a.m., around 6 a.m. at dawn, the householder visited the marketplace. There he found laborers, men who were vacant, ready to work. They're still wiping the sleep out of their eyes, but they were ready to put their hands into the harvest and to gather the, the grapes, to gather the fruit on the vines. They were ready to make things happen. The man, the householder, or the, the uh, vine dresser, if you will, they agreed together, okay, you're going to come work for me. And I'm going to give you a penny. Now to us today, we think a penny as the smallest thing that somebody could offer someone. But that penny in that time represents a denarius, which was a common day's wage. So he said, listen, this, this is what I'm going to offer you. This is the wage that I'm going to pay you. It's going to be a denarius or a, a penny. It's a a, a a good wage. This is a generous wage. So the men said, all right, let's go. Let's do it. He hired several men. They were there early, so they got the job. You know, the saying, early bird gets the worm, right? <laughs> so they were there, and they needed a job, and thankfully, somebody came by and hired them to come. They were so excited. They got the assurance of good days worth of a wage in order to work in the vineyard. Well, a few hours, a couple hours went by, uh, and around the third hour or 9 a.m., the householder once again needed to go to the marketplace. Now, the wording is quite different here. It doesn't say uh, specifically that he went to find laborers. In fact, it looks almost as if he was just going to the marketplace because he needed materials. Like somebody would be in the middle of a job and realize, wait a minute, I don't have enough paint, or I don't have enough wood, or I don't have enough nails or screws. So he went back to the marketplace in order to get get the resources that he needed. But while he was there, he noticed something. He noticed that there were still men waiting to be hired. He spotted them. And the Bible says he recognized that they were idle workers. Meaning they were skilled men Men with capabilities, men who had something to offer, yet no one had yet hired them. No one had yet taken them on. No one had yet brought them back so that they too could get a wage. You see, and he, he started to think about it. Well, you know, I got a, a group of laborers already, and, and they're doing a great job. But, but man, the harvest is great. The harvest is wonderful this year. I, maybe I'll just hire a few more. 
laborers. I'm going I'm to reach out to these men and I'm going to bring them back with me so that they do not stand here idle, but that they will have something to do. Hallelujah. Now, I'd like to look at this from the perspective of the idle workers. These are men who maybe slept in just a little bit. They were not the early bird. They did not capture the early worm. They got there disappointed, knowing that already the hirers had come by, but they hoped, and they hoped, maybe somebody will recognize my talents and my abilities. Maybe somebody will recognize that I've got capable hands. Maybe somebody will call on me that I may make a difference. I've got what I need. I've got the talents and the abilities. I've got the tools to make the difference. But the problem is, is nobody is coming to hire me. And you see, the problem is, is their success is completely dependent on someone giving them a break. Someone noticing them. Someone taking a risk on them. Hallelujah, as God began to deal with this in my own life, in my own heart, I began to realize how often I feel like I am a slave to just having to wait until somebody notices me. How often when we're trying to find a good job, we have to wait until somebody takes a chance, somebody takes a risk. We have to wait until somebody calls on us and invites us to join the party. Sometimes it's hard to build relationships. You can try and try, but unless they invite you in, you just wait you don't have any choice in the matter. We're dependent on other people recognizing who we are and what we bring to the table. And these men, awfully discouraged, looked at one another and said, Are we not enough? Are we not capable? Hallelujah. Oh, I hope that I can speak to some of the emotional needs of our people today who maybe you have felt like you're not enough. That others have passed you by. Others have turned a blind eye to you. They've left you for another. They've allowed others to get promotions and you were left feeling forgotten. You were not noticed. You were not recognized. And although you may have have the abilities or the talents nobody could see it but let me preach to you for just a moment Jesus notices you and Jesus recognizes you Jesus knows what you can bring to the table. And Jesus says, listen, I've got something for you. I'll bring you into my kingdom. I'll put you to work because I see you. Oh, can you rejoice in that right now? Come on. Hallelujah. Would you preach with me for a little bit? Jesus says, I see you. This parable, the husbandman, hallelujah, he is the representative of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ coming down to the marketplace 
and he sees that they're just, they're there and they're just waiting for somebody to call upon them. Anybody here ever felt forgotten? Anybody here ever felt like you've been passed by? Anybody today feel like you're on standby? You feel like you're on the sideline? All you want is an opportunity. All you want is a chance to prove yourself. All you wanted is, a, is, a, is an opportunity to, to make the money that you needed to make, to have the relationship that you desired to have, but over and over and over again, they have passed you by in order to take on someone else. And they passed you again and took on someone else. So you find yourself idle, just standing there, waiting. Well, I guess this is my life. I'm just going to be here waiting and waiting and waiting and never accomplishing or reaching my potential because nobody notices me. Let me say it again. Let me shout it from the rooftop. Jesus notices you and you are not forgotten in his eyes and you have not been passed by. No, but he says, I see there are men who are idle and I will bring them back. They're idle. They're idle. I will hire them. Praise God. Praise the Lord. This time it was different. It wasn't like the first ones. The first ones Jesus told them, you'll get a day's wage, a penny. You'll get a day's wage. That's where you can set your expectation. This time they didn't set a wage. I bet that these men looked at the husbandmen and they said, look, I, 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 know, I know it's late later in the day. We missed three hours of work. So we don't expect to get a full day's wage. Just give us something. Anybody ever felt that way? Like you had to just give in? So, well, well, this isn't what I expected. This isn't what I wanted. But I, I just, I got to take something. I just got to do what I got to do. So Jesus, or the husbandman rather, he told them, I will pay you whatsoever is right. And those men said, yeah, you know, that's fair. Just pay us what's right. We, we, we missed three hours of work. Just pay us what's right. So we brought another group over into the vineyard. Well, the Bible says at the sixth hour, the husbandmen went back to the marketplace. This time it communicates like he recognized there's still work to be done. Things are really picking up back at the vineyard. It's now 12 p.m. Half of the day is gone. Yet the husbandman still has work that needs to be done. The husbandman though half the day is gone, says, you know what? I still need help. I wonder if there's still laborers standing idly by. 
he went to the marketplace and he found the man. He found another laborer. He found another group. These men said, look, I know it's already half the day is gone. And maybe we missed our opportunity. I wonder if these were the men that were not passed by. I wonder if these were the men that told the husband to pass on by. Now just bear with me for a moment. I wonder if these were the men that said, Oh, a vineyard? I don't know if I want to deal with a vineyard. You know, those thorns always cut me up, and it's so hot outside. You know, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to see if I can find a more pleasurable route. So they allowed it to pass by. They said, you know what, husbandman, vine dresser, I know you need some laborers, but I'm going to hold out because I think that there might be a better life out there. There might be some more pleasure out there for me to still enjoy. Maybe this is the group that they decided early in the morning, I'm not going to work today. I'm just going to take care of myself, please myself. But as the day went on, they began to realize, no, I can't survive this way. I need some help. I can't live without an income. I can't live without other people. I can't live without work. I need some help. My family is messed up. They're going hungry. My home is falling apart. If I'm going to meet my debts, if I'm going to provide for my family, I need something more than what I've got right now. Because what I've got right now is not enough. So, well, I'm desperate for something. I know it's already 12 p.m., but let me go to the marketplace and see if anybody, just somebody, will have mercy on me. Oh, listen, it doesn't matter what your past looks like, and it doesn't matter if you've allowed Jesus to pass you by time and time again. It doesn't matter if in your youth you chose pleasure over kingdom. This morning I'm here to preach to you. The master has revisited the marketplace. The vineyard, the vine dresser has visited once again and he's still looking for laborers and he's still looking for men and women who are sitting idly by and he's saying to come with me. I'll put you to work. I'll use you. I'll give you purpose. I'll give you a reason to live. I'll provide for you. Oh, anybody today know that the Lord, he is a provider. Oh, can we worship him? I'm wondering, can we stand to our feet and begin to worship the Lord for a moment? Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, God. I know I neglected him when I was young. 
I know I turned my, a blind eye to them when I was young. I know I had all my life to make this happen, but I didn't. And now, now, I feel like it's too late. He's saying it's not too late. <laughs> I know it's 12 p.m., but it's not too late. Oh, he got a you can be seated. He agreed with them what he agreed with the 9 a.m. laborers. I'll pay you whatsoever is right. Can you imagine? Listen, I get it. It's 12 p.m. Half the day is gone. So I'm not expecting a day's wage. Just... Whatever you can do, I just, I just need some help. I, I just need somebody to call on me. I need somebody to invite me in, and I don't expect a, at this stage of the day, at this point in my life, I don't expect a lot from you, God. Just give me something. And the husbandman told them the same thing. The householder told them the same thing. I'll pay you whatsoever is right. Now, if you thought that they were desperate, you should have been there at 3 p.m. when the householder came to the marketplace again. And there he found men, women, standing idly by. Still waiting. Still waiting. Now this time, this represents the magnitude of how great the harvest is. Can I preach for just one moment about this? Hallelujah, the fact that he had to come now four times to hire more laborers tells me the Lord knows there's a great harvest God is doing something great in our city, in our neighborhood, in our uh, Florida, in our state, in our country, in the world. The kingdom of heaven is great. If at 9 a.m. he could still use more laborers. If at 12 p.m. he could still use more laborers. If at 3 p.m. he could still use more laborers, that tells me there's a lot of work to do. There's something that needs to be done. Listen, if you're standing idly by in the kingdom of God, what are you doing? There's too much work to be done to just be a pew warmer. There's too much work to be done to just be a Sunday morning goer. This is too big for just the one of us or two of us or a few of us. We've all got to get our hands in the work. We've all got to get our hands in the harvest. What did Jesus say? Pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send in laborers. Why? Because he's looking around. He said, man, the, late, the harvest is big. The harvest is great. I know you look around and you say, well, pastor, there's not a whole lot of people here. Uh, yeah, right now. That's why we need laborers. That's why we need laborers. 
Hallelujah. That's why we need people that say, you know, I'm going to go gather in. I'm going to go work the fields. I'm going to go do my part because the harvest is truly great. Somebody shout, the harvest is great. The harvest is great. The 6 a.m. group is working. The 9 a.m. group is working. The 12 p.m. group is working. But I still have more room. I still have more room. Well, if I come now, if now I get my hands in the work, I don't think I'll ever catch up. Not like Pastor Meehan, who's been licensed minister for 14 years. Listen, I'm thankful that God chose me at a young age and God called me at a young age and I was willing to give my life to Him. But I'm here to stand. I'll stand here flat-footed and I'll tell you, I've got no greater calling than you. No greater anointing than you. God's not looking for people who committed their younger years only. Thank God if they, you can. Brandon, thank God if you commit your younger years to God. Hallelujah. But those of us who are older now, God says it may be, it may be 6 a.m., it may be 9 a.m., 12 p.m., or 3 p.m. It doesn't matter where you're at. Hallelujah. I've got work you can do. I've got a calling. I've got an anointing. I've got a purpose. I've got a higher purpose for you. They were desperate but not as desperate as the 5 p.m. The Bible says at the 11th hour, the husbandman, the uh, householder, went to the marketplace. And this time it communicates it again like he was going there to buy resources. 5 p.m., I know here in North America, that's the day, the time our work hour ends, our work day ends. But in this parable, in that day, the work hours were sun up to sundown. 6 p.m. was the expected time to go home. It's now 5 p.m. The householder goes to the marketplace completely shocked, surprised. He looks at, around and he says, there's still men here. I, why are you still here? You've been standing here the whole day. Not anybody has called on you. Nobody has given you a chance. Nobody has brought you in taking you under their wing. They said to him, we've been here standing idle because no man has hired us. No one has cut us a break. No one has spotted our potential. At 5 p.m., one hour left in the day, the householder called on idle workers. 
to come and work in the, the vineyard. That tells me it doesn't matter how many opportunities has passed you by. It doesn't matter how many times you turned him down. It doesn't matter what age you are. God is still calling in this house. Oh. God is still calling in this house. I've got this down in my notes. This is just something I was praying and God reminded me of. Can I remind you that Abraham, we always talk about Abraham. Abraham's one great mighty man of God, the father of us all. Abraham, at 99 years old, was told he was going to have a child. I know we know that story. 99. Everybody say fruitful 99. Even at 99, he was fruitful. But listen, not only did God promise him a child at 99, but the Bible says God also changed his name at 99. He went from Abram to Abraham at 99 years old. At 99 years old is when God first gave him the calling and the anointing. He gave him a covenant that says you would have a family that would be as many stars in the sky, as much of the sand on the seashore. Don't tell me it's too late in the day for the Lord to do something with you. Don't tell me you live too long of a life for the Lord to make something out of you. Don't tell me that it's too late. Your opportunity has passed you by. Absolutely not. It might be 5 p.m., but the husbandman is still looking for laborers to come and work in the field. Oh, man, I feel like I'm alone up here. I hope somebody helps to support me today. Clap your hands to the Lord and say, I believe it. I believe it. I be oh, come on, somebody shout, I believe it. He's calling you. He's calling you. He's calling you. Maybe nobody else in your entire life preferred you or called out to you, but He's calling you today. He says, I've got a calling for you. I've got an anointing on your life. I want to use you. Maybe everybody else has passed you by, but I'm not going to pass you by. I've called you. I've called you. Oh, but, but I don't know. It's a little too late for me to learn how to pluck those grapes the right way and how to use that knife to cut the vine. It's, it's, a little, it's a little late in the day for me to learn how to walk with that bucket and how to, how to carry it over. It's a little late in the day by the time I figure out how to do all that. It's going to be too late. I don't know that I'm going to be any benefit. He says, oh, come. Oh, come. Oh, come. I don't know if I can learn new tricks. An old dog can't learn new tricks. Oh, come. Come and I'll make something of you. Come and I'll bless you. Come and I'll use you. Come and I'll give you purpose. Come and I'll bless you and your family. Just come with me. Come with me. Okay. 
Okay, householder. All right, vine dresser. Husbandman. All these terms are the same thing, just meaning the, the, the owner of a vineyard. All right, I'll go with you. But I, I don't know what you're going to pay me. I mean, how, how do you put a price on one hour of work? By the time we get there and we learn how to do it all, I mean, there's only going to be a few clusters of grapes that we'll be able to gather. I, I, I don't know if it's going to be worth it to you. The husband then says, don't worry. I'll pay you whatsoever is right. I'll take care of you. So they go. They begin to work in the field. At that point, all the other laborers are looking and say, who are these cats coming in? Who are these guys walking in? They're all sweating. They're, they're worn out. They're walking slowly. These guys come in. They've got fresh legs. They don't have scars and bruises all over their hands and their arms from trying to, to grab and, and cut the vines. And well, What's going on here? That, now these guys are going to come in and, and they're going to steal all of our glory. They came in. They started working. Maybe they had the opposite minds. Maybe they said, oh, man, now I can kind of relax a little bit. Hallelujah. There's some in the church, they'll have that mindset. Man, I can just kind of sit back and say, yeah, go ahead. Take it over. Hallelujah. I've been doing this for a long time. I tell you, I'd love for us to get more preachers in this place. I love preaching. Don't get me wrong. It's my favorite thing to do in the whole world. It's always been since that first day I preached at 14 years of age. It's been my favorite thing to do. My, my whole life, my favorite thing to do. But I get tired. I'd love for some new laborers to come in and say, don't worry, Pastor, we got it today. I'll get the message. I'll preach today. I'll teach today. I'll sing. I'll play the, the piano today. Whatever you need from me today, I'll do it. Come on, that's why we need some 5 p.m. workers. Uh, hallelujah, to relieve those uh, who have been in this for a long time. You just don't understand the value that you could still bring. They walk in, they start working. The sun's going down, but they furiously cut the vines and gather the grapes and bring them back to the barn. At that point, the sun is finally down. They go to the householder to get their wage. They're thinking, I'm not expecting much. The Bible says that he started with the 5 p.m. workers. You'd think he'd start with the 9 a.m. workers, right? But he didn't. He started with the 5 p.m. workers. They walked up, and I bet they were ready. Look, I know I only worked an hour, but I need some help. I need, I need a little bit more. I need some support here. I need, I need to give me a little bit more. My family is desperate. My, my, my bills are due. I need some help. Don't you know 
we serve a good God. And you don't have to beg him. He knows your needs before you even ask him. That's what the Bible says. So that household, he looks at the 5 p.m. workers and he says, here, here's a penny. Here's a full day's wage. Oh, I feel almost in this place. And so, but I, I've only been working for an hour. I, I don't understand. You, you can't give me all this. He says, no, here's a one day's wage. I told you, I didn't agree on the price. I only agreed on the price with the 9 a.m. folk. But all the other ones, we only agreed I'd give you what is right. And I have decided this is what is right. What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm trying to say if you start now, it doesn't matter. You can still walk in the same anointing and the same power and the same giftedness. And at the end of the day, you're going to share in the same eternal life as the rest of us. The payment is the same. If you're first or if you're last, it's the same for all of us. All you got to do is say, I'll do it, God. Call me and I will come. Can we stand here today? I'd like to present one more parable very quickly. This might seem to, to merge prayer. I don't want to do that, but when I got to this point in prayer, God laid this parable on my heart. The parable of the prodigal son. The parable of the prodigal son who came to himself in the pig's pit and realized even the servants in my father's house had it better than what I have right now. He wasted his youth. He's wasted his inheritance living for himself, doing what he wanted to do. And he felt like it was too late for him to be a son. All he could be was a servant. Too late for me to have the love of my father. I wasted that away. I heard him when I left. I heard him that first time. I said no. And I did things my own way. He says, I, I heard him too bad when I come. I know it's not going to be the same. When I go back, I know I'm not going to be treated as a son, but if only I could be treated as a servant. He began to make his way back to the house the whole time just trying to convince his father, would you take me off? I wasted a lot of time and I know I wasted my inheritance and I wasted all this stuff, but would you at least just hire me on, even if it's for just one hour? But as he's walking on that road, 
the Father sees them in the window of the house. And the Bible says that the Father ran to his Son and embraced him and said, Though my Son was dead, yet now he is alive. That I didn't think I'd be called a son again. I was okay just being called a servant. But the father says, no, you're my son. Before he even got a chance to say anything. Before he had a chance to tell his father, would you just hire me? Just give me something. I'm desperate. The father's. Go get the fatted calf. Go call all of our friends and family. Let's throw a party and a celebration because my son has returned after all these years. Can I tell you for a moment that even if you didn't do it when you were young and even if the day has gone long with you standing idly by, the Father's weird to help welcome you with open arms. The Father's here to welcome you with open arms. He says, come unto me. Let me give you rest. Come unto me. Let me hire you. Let me provide for you. Let me meet your needs. Let me give you the Holy Ghost. Let me fill you with peace and joy. Let me kill the fatted calf. Come to me. I will not turn you away. Come to me. I will celebrate your return. Come to me. Today I'm finished. I want to invite you to come. Come to this altar and take a moment to just pray. I don't know if you're the 9 a.m. worker. I don't know if you're the, 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 the a 12 p.m. worker. I don't know if you're the 3 p.m. worker. I don't know if you're the 5 p.m. worker. It doesn't matter when you come. It doesn't matter when you came. You may feel like you've been the last, but God says, I'm going to make you the first. I'm going to make you the first. I'm going to make you the first. You may feel like the last, but I'm going to prefer you. I'm going to prefer you. <laughs> Why sit ye idle all the day? Why sit ye idle? Don't you know I've got a purpose for you? Don't you know I've got a calling on your life? Don't you know there's stuff I have for you to do in the kingdom? Don't you know that I've anointed you to be a preacher, to be a prophet, to be a minister, to be a laborer in the kingdom? Don't you know that I have loved you and blessed you as a son? Oh, I don't know.